0: Welcome to Experience Evolution from Journey. We'll bring you insights from those in the industry, share discussions on how to best communicate and create memorable experiences for customers and give you the tools to thrive.
1: Hello and welcome to Experience Evolution brought to you by Journey. I'm your host, James Kent. The pandemic has done so much to change the way that consumers shop and interact with service providers that I thought on on this episode of the show, we're going to take a look at some emerging trends and patterns that are taking hold in the era of the new normal shopper. And to do that, we're getting insights today from three points of view, including Journey, GoInStore, and Merco, as they relay changes in their business and in the changing needs of their retail bases. For Journey, my guest is Graham Greenwood, uh, Vice President of Product. Welcome to the show, Graham. Thanks, James. It's great to be here. Next, I have on the line, Jonathan Hormans, Head of Growth for Merco. Welcome, Jonathan. Thanks, James. Thanks for having me. And last but not least, Roger Sauerbutz, Global Vice President of Sales and Marketing for GoInStore. Welcome to the show, Roger.
2: Thanks, James. Nice
1: to be here. Okay. Obviously, we're still in the pandemic, but the situation is starting to stabilize. Things are opening up. Lots of learnings and insights have occurred. But for this episode, I want to look forward a bit post-pandemic. What does that world look like? How can retailers thrive in this new world? And how technology can help them achieve their goals. As a starting point, what kinds of demands are you seeing from your retail customers?
3: Yeah, so I think we're, we're seeing a number of trends um, and demands from, from our retail customers. First one is we're seeing an increased comfort level with different types of modes. So either video, call, face-to-face. Most uh, retail customers are happy to be on, on Zoom or WhatsApp or different times of video. We're also seeing a new hybrid shopping reality uh, where consumers are really seeking out truly optimized, agile, safe, um, frictionless service um, and looking to engage on their own terms. And I think finally, that's really driving our retail customers to have um, a really well-defined omnichannel strategy. Consumers are using a mixture of traditional online and in-store shopping experiences and are really eager to take advantage of new technologies um, to give them a tailored experience, whether that be in-person or, or remote.
0: Maybe taking a slightly broader look at the same question, as I think that they were generally the retailers that I've been speaking with have been quite rattled by the pandemic Hmm. And it's really thrown them off kilter, which has made them aware uh, and emphasize the importance of a strong foundation. Obviously, number one for a retailer is the brand. So I think that should always first and foremost be their focus, their value proposition to the customer. But a close second is the foundation that they have in terms of their systems and their ability to then get product or uh, fulfill that value proposition. And I think a lot of people uh, put that on the back burner for the longest time. And now from our retail customers, we're seeing a lot more demand on fixing their, their tech foundation.
1: Just a quick follow-up, uh, Jonathan, do you find that your retailers are sort of having to get a new educational foundation uh, to help with those demands that they're getting from the customer because they may not be seeing them in person or the customer is now going to be involved with them in a different way and they're really looking for the retailer to help them make a purchasing decision in ways that they might not have before the pandemic?
0: I I, I believe so. I think, Roger, you guys probably are, are looking, I think, really on, on that front in terms of upping the retailer's responsibility for educating customers even if they're online right
2: yeah exactly i mean obviously the world was turned on its head just over a year ago and i mean our, our business grew like crazy because obviously we offer a video sh- live video shopping experience but having having gone through that and then uh, we're obviously a global company but you know a couple of weeks ago stores reopened in the uk and we were all thinking well what's going to happen now and, uh, and many of our retail customers who'd launched maybe a year ago and even some who'd launched at the beginning of this year with live video shopping and we share many customers with journey as well then thinking well will volumes drop off will people just go flooding back to stores and this is going to quieten down not a bit of it absolutely not so what we found is there is the education piece for sure and we can we can touch on that a bit more but The the customers like, for example, I don't know, Marks and Spencer's would be an uh, an example in the UK, who quite old traditional company retailer with an older demographic, generally, I'd say, of their own customers. They clearly have to educate on new channels to market and older customer base. But those customers have really adapted so i i think what's happened is and i've heard this quoted a few times you know the pandemic has accelerated the use of e-commerce and e-commerce platforms probably by five years inside 12 months and it's kind of forced people to think about different ways of operating and different solutions to offering customer service
1: so what kind of changes are you seeing in consumer behavior i mean the, the thing we're seeing is sort of
2: an adaptation of customer journey i mean people are definitely going back into store but they're from our perspective they're also using video they're using appointments as part of that journey so it might be not sometimes it's the total journey and they'll close the sale online through a video through the e-commerce website But sometimes they might do an initial call, get an appointment, have a chat with a consultant, and then go into the store for the final stage. Especially if it's a very, very expensive purchase. And then because we track all the data as well, and I'm sure you know Jonathan and Graham can talk to this, we track a lot of the kind of the web traffic and activity 24 hours a day, and it's it's incredible how much traffic and how much commerce there is in the middle of the night in the early hours of the morning when mm. shops are closed so yeah you, you know and we're seeing retailers waking up to the fact that when their physical stores are closed their customers are still wanting to buy things and if they don't offer that level of service at the times when their competitors do they'll lose that customers to, to somebody else
0: another thing on just consumer behavior and the changes in that uh, again maybe a slightly higher level I think that what we've noticed is the consumers are a lot more value driven. So given the given the tightening of the wallet, they were a lot more conscious of how much they were spending what they were spending money on. There was also, I think, a a high increase in loyalty. So deeper loyalty to the brands that they that they already were loyal to and and kind of dedicating themselves to a handful. Um, and moving away, just I think consumers generally are moving away from this ideal of perfection. You know, we've all been home, we've all reevaluated what matters to us in life, what makes us happy. And so also when they're buying from a brand, they're looking for the brands that understand them as an individual and personally, rather than trying to sell them this picture-perfect lifestyle.
3: Completely agree with Jonathan uh, and Roger there. I think we We're seeing a a much more competitive landscape across retail. Um, And as Roger mentioned, um, those retailers that are on demand 24-7 will pick up brand loyalists from from other retailers. Um, And and as Jonathan mentioned, we're seeing a lot more trends in kind of online research first, driving through to kind of engagements over different types of channels, either video or in-store. Um, And then also increased uh, purchases based on that research and based on those brand interactions. Um, So consumers definitely, their habits are changing and the retailers are adopting and adapting to those changes of behavior.
1: And we've spoken about some of the trends and we've talked about customers adapting uh, during the pandemic. And we've mentioned one surprise that we see that a lot of customers are Uh, still shopping at all hours of the night. Uh, Are there any other big surprises uh, or anything that really surprised you about what's happened uh, as we've come out of this pandemic?
0: Uh, Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll go first. I think what surprises me more is not necessarily kind of coming out of this pandemic, but going into this pandemic, that more retailers didn't see this coming. I think that there's been a lot of talk and focus across media, across industry value experts, even within retail itself, amongst retailers saying, oh, we need to be have a a stronger digital presence. We need to be more invested in technology. We need to be better at understanding the customer's 360 view. We've been talking about these topics for years and I'm surprised by how little action there was pre-pandemic to really prioritize some of these things. And and that it took this big of a wave to force change. So I'm I'm more surprised in that. Um, and, and also I'd have to say I'm in a positive way, I'm surprised not more a brands shut down. I know that you know some people might say that's insensitive, but I actually thought that a lot more apparel and fashion brands who maybe have lost touch with their customers, maybe mm. have not invested appropriately over the last number of years that they've managed to
2: survive. Yeah. I t- I tend to agree I think there's a couple of observations that that I'd make just to add to what Jonathan said that we've got several of our customers that uh, you know adopted uh, live video shopping before the pandemic who when the pandemic hit, looked like total geniuses, like they would seen this coming. (laughs) Right. We got others who just jumped on the bandwagon, sort of a knee-jerk reaction. But to Jonathan's point, it's amazing to me that you've got companies out there. uh, I mean, it's no shame in mentioning a couple of names. I mean, famously Primark, don't have any commerce platform. Don't sell online. Never wanted to. They, you know, it's, it's incredible to me when you think how quickly um, Amazon has kind of taken over the world on every category you can think of. Um, I and mean, it's, it's no big surprise that people like shopping online. You know, to Jonathan's point, I mean, I, I don't get it, I, and I don't understand how people spend so much time and effort trying to think about their customer journey in a physical store and completely abandon the idea of a fantastic customer journey through their e-commerce platforms. that That's surprising to me.
1: From my days in retail, I was going back maybe about eight years, it's always crazy, right? The environment uh, in, the, in the home office. And there's always some group that's working on it, right? And every time right. that they want to introduce that plan, there's some other emergency or need and it gets put to the back burner. And mm-hmm. it's like, oh, that's nice to have. And then of course, suddenly when it becomes a necessity to have, yeah. uh, some some companies are further ahead than others.
0: I think that you know you, you raise an interesting quote. The amount of times that we've heard, oh, having a a solution in store to make the in-store experience and data capture better is a nice to have. It's it's not something we need to have. I mean, the amount of times that we've heard that pre-pandemic, and still sometimes today, really I find surprising because as you say, there's always something else that they that they have traditionally prioritized. In the defense of retailers, because I don't want to sound completely cynical and skeptical, there are a lot of people coming out of this now saying, "Okay, I understand." That these things are no longer nice to have, um, but I think that that was a real challenging kind of answer to, to some of these conversations pre-pandemic.
3: Yeah, I agree. I think I think one of the other things that we saw was just how quickly retailers can pivot and reimagine their business models. And and one thing that we saw at Journey was you know, the traditional bricks and mortar retailers um, pivoting to actually use those locations as fulfillment centers to take on the likes of of Amazon and doing that with kind of click and collect or curbside appointments was a a fantastic way for them to continue to engage with those customers and continue to drive e-com sales with a personalized experience in terms of handing the goods over. Hopefully, uh, kind of as we're coming out the other side, They'll continue uh, that rapid um, evolution of reimagining the business models. And to your point, Jonathan, start to bring new technology through to to give better experiences across, not just online, but in-store as well.
1: It's fantastic stuff so far, uh, guys. Uh, So what trends do you predict for the future? You know, first in the short term, as we come out of the pandemic, and those trends might be some of what we've already been seeing, and then more long term when the pandemic is behind us.
2: I mean, certainly we're seeing customers now have said, you know, specifically to what we do around live video shopping and working with Journey, you know, around appointments as well. Most of our customers are now seeing this as what they call a third channel. So they've got online, offline, and then they see this this video stuff as well. So so that's one trend it's become mainstream it's been it's become accepted as something that people are going to do and then the other trend we've started to see in more recent months is things like live streaming broadcasting So a bit like QVC shopping, which is the jury's still out because, you know, how do you drive it? You know, so we're seeing that as a trend, people are picking it up quite a lot. I mean, we're, we're part of that, but it's not our main bread and butter, but we do it and we're seeing people pushing it and trying to think, well, will this drive demand? You know, they do it in China really well. Will this take off in Europe, USA? So that's one of the trends we're seeing as well.
0: Yeah. So I think on related to that and you, Roger mentions channels. And I think we've always a lot of people have looked at things like e commerce channel, online channel, uh, you know, to a certain extent, in the past, there was the wholesale channel, which was also different, you have direct to consumer, now videoing, Our, our philosophy, you know, what we're really trying to evangelize, and I think Graham and Roger are also is is a step beyond channels and really more connected retail. So for a customer, you're engaging with a brand, regardless of where you buy, where you get inspired, and where you speak to someone. And the way that we engage with our friends and family, you're FaceTiming, you're you're chatting, you're, you know, it's the same thing with a retailer. You want to speak with store colleagues when you're in the store and have a great personalized experience. When you're not in the store, you might want to continue that conversation, that relationship. It might be in the form of video. It might be in the form of WhatsApp. It might, less to extend extent email, you might want to say, actually, I don't want to wait in line. I want to have an appointment and I want to be kind of treated with this white glove um, styling service. So it's really about from our perspective, long term, it's just this concept of connected retail.
2: I think this whole kind of clientele merges all those different channels that Jonathan touched on.
0: Yeah, I think we're going to
3: see a real uh, drive for personalization. Um, and I think all the technologies that that we bring to market is is able to deliver that. I think definitely understanding the customer, understanding their habits, understanding the channels they like to engage with, or you know understanding who they pick as a staff member to engage with, and then personalising their future services to to match those requirements is really key. And if, the other prediction that we have is that you know the the traditional brick and mortar retailers are going to turn into experience hubs. We see that um, happening with some of the early adopters, the likes of Nike and some of our customers are really thinking about bringing the brand to life in those locations. And then when you layer in the clienteling um, and the, the go-in-store solutions, it's all about the brand experience. And therefore those those stores are no longer just kind of a sales funnel. They are actually an integral part of the overall brand experience. And it's the technologies that enable them to come together.
0: Nike are also a client of ours. And I think, you know, it's On one hand, it's great that they're leading the way. On one hand, it's a shame that they're kind of always the case study in terms of a great retail experience. It used to be Apple, Nike has now kind of come to the foreground, but they have internally, they have a concept of elevating the marketplace. And basically it's a mission within Nike to ensure that regardless of whether you're buying Nike on Nike.com or in a Nike store, or maybe even one of their preferred wholesale partners, that that experience is the same and and equal on all fronts. And I think that that just sums up what a lot of other retailers should be doing Mm -hmm. and thinking about Mm. it. And as Graham said, a lot of that stems to understanding your customer, where they shop, what they like, and being able to feed into that.
1: You know, my next question, I feel like we've kind of already maybe answered it, but I'm going to ask it anyway, because it sounds like the answer is yes, that we're seeing an emergence of retail tech stack. Retailers are starting to ask those questions on how they can use technology to support end-to-end processes in their businesses. Is that what you're all seeing?
0: Yeah, and I, th- I think if you, if you wanna add a buzzword to that right now, it's, it's headless. So people are looking at headless commerce, they're looking at a headless OMS, they're really looking at what they can do in the back end via smarter next generation technology that integrates quickly with various partners within the ecosystem like Journey, like Go GoInStore, like Merco. So there's definitely a, a bigger push, I think, into into that direction.
3: Yeah, I agree. I think we're we're definitely seeing a, a push towards an ecosystem, uh, much more open integration, better feeding of data between the different platforms. And I think back to the point about personalization, that that will drive that initiative even further. The ability to to give the in-store associate the data on the on the individual from maybe the the video engagement to when they've come into into the the location itself so definite drive towards an ecosystem from our side
2: yeah and i agree we, we see a similar thing you know we see climate for you know whatever whatever level of integration be it api level but bringing customer data together business intelligence you know, actionable insights with that personalization and and CRM systems as well. So they can kind of close that loop with customers and and with systems.
1: Jonathan, from Merco's perspective, how can retailers use Intel to deliver a more personalized and tailored experience in-store?
0: So I I really like to use the analogy of everyone saying data is the new oil. Uh, Realistically, everyone is knee-deep in oil. What we need is petroleum it needs to be refined, so that it can be used. And, and so a retailer may have a lot of data, but it's being able to make it actionable, and putting the systems in place that allow that data to be easily exchanged between one another, and between the various channels that that we talked about. So, for example, where we like to help in the physical retail environment is to say, well, you have information on Roger's shopping and habits online. You've spoken to Graham on a video call. You've done all these different things. You have all this data, but you need to bring it together in an easy digestible way so that you can use it, you can leverage it, and that you understand how you can enhance it. So, I, yeah, how, how do they deliver a personalized experience? It's understanding where your data sits. It's making sure that it can be easily accessed and easily enhanced.
2: I, I couldn't agree more. I mean... We, you know, we are. If we wanted to be, we are knee deep in in oil. <laughs> but, but there's no point in just pumping crude into our customers and saying, "There you go, have a have a bucket load of this." What are they going to do with it? So we measure the data. For example, we talked about some of our customers. Uh, we measure the traffic data. We measure the calls. We measure who's wanting to have a video call at what time of day. Now, why is that interesting? And how do we then analyze it? If you map that sort of thing back to customer purchase habits, average order value. Use time of day, you can then say to a retailer, you need to put another 10 sales agents on between six and eight at night, and you can make another £10,000 a day on your transactions in that store. Now, that's leverage. That's a, that's an actionable insight with a real outcome, as opposed to here's some information for you.
1: Just dovetailing on that with, with all this information, right, and the need to use data in a specific way to really understand your customer. Is there a new level of sophistication that's going to be needed on the retail side for those who are interacting with a customer? Um, I mean, do they have to have a, a, a more uh, extensive knowledge base and capacity to take in all of this information and then handle the customer? I mean, it seems like there may be an evolution coming in just how a retail sales associate interacts
0: So I I see kind of three main pillars there that are all equally important. So in terms of new systems that you need to provide that level of personalization and handle that data, is you see different platforms, new advanced CRM systems. So we see a lot of conversation around CDP, which are basically uh, these systems that can take a lot of different data from different channels and make it actionable. So one, I think, is you need to understand how you're capturing and storing it secondly then you need to understand how are you going to tap into that so you have this information there's a lot of information about your products how do you let your store colleagues or your your call center colleagues basically your team members that deal with customers how do you let them access that not just on the customer but also on your brand because they can't remember every sku everything sure (laughs) and then it's about the different channels that you're opening up to make these conversations happen. So whether it's a video call that you're doing, whether it's an in-store interaction, whether you're booking an appointment for a virtual consultation, all of these various channels, you also need to be mindful of. So I, I would say it's across those three fronts.
1: We've covered a lot of the trends and habits that we are seeing from shoppers today, but are there any other uh, current shopping habits or trends that you're seeing from customers that we may not have mentioned yet? I know that shopping in the middle of the night seems to be one trend <laughs> that we're getting.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, we are seeing things. For example, you know, vir- virtual fittings, virtual try-ons, consultations. Again, uh, as partnering with Journey, so we've got we've got customers who actually want to have a, a consultation to try on clothing, be measured for clothing, things like that. Things that you would typically associate with a physical visit. You know, like if you're having a suit made or, um, you know, we have customers like Marks and Spencer's are doing lingerie for women and virtual bra fits and things like this. I mean, you would never have imagined this a year ago, but there's a huge demand for it. And then, you know, so and that's changing habits because people don't then need to travel to a store anymore. You know, we're seeing customers buying quite big items like uh, expensive carbon road bikes costing four or five thousand pounds without ever physically seeing them. I mean, I would never have believed that would have been <laughs> possible a year ago. <laughs> but it's a it's yeah. a big deal and it's really popular. Sofas, sofas and beds. I mean, who who would you think would buy a sofa uh, without seeing it? But what some of the things we are seeing though is uh, some of our customers with this new technology in these platforms like Co and Journey and Go in store, they they're extending the reach that they previously had when they were limited by a physical store and a journey time to a store. That barrier is no longer there because it's just a matter of clicking through on the internet and getting an interaction with the store associate. So that's no longer a barrier.
3: What we've also seen is the, the retailer's big um, brand asset was actually the store associate. And that's something that a lot of our customers have told us previously, particularly around the appointment booking piece, is it gives the store associate the ability to build personalized one-to-one relationships with customers. I think what you see with the go-in-store solution is you're able to utilize that asset over video and still continue to drive sales through personalized engagements for a four thousand pound carbon bike and and i agree with roger completely he would have thought that would have been a a sale simply over a video stream and and walking through and because those brander those store associates know the product so well and and to jonathan's point now that we're leveraging and bringing in some of the additional data points around you know certain behaviors and patterns and, and key selling characteristics to assist that sale process you're seeing that you can drive new um, new sales channels, new um, new revenue through different streams, like live streaming and video, which is a great mm-hmm. asset for the retailers now.
1: You know, it's kind of funny because you tend to think, oh, well, if I'm having a video uh, conversation with somebody, that's not very personal. But yet in many ways, it, it's a lot more personal and intimate than if you were in a store talking with an associate. You may be just talking one- on one, but you know the atmosphere of the store can be noisy, It doesn't feel as personal uh, or certainly as intimate as that, you know, forming that relationship with somebody that you're looking at on, on the video screen. And I, I think that is one of the kind of pleasant surprises that have come out of this pandemic is just how much more of a rich experience it can be, when done right.
0: Some people are really interested in booking videos. Some people are not. Some people are interested True. in going to the store. Yep. Some people are interested in SMS or texting. And I think I think fundamentally as a retailer, you just need to now have those options, right? I, I yep. think it's no longer possible to not be flexible and give your customer the journey that they want to have based on their comfort level, based on what they find intimate, based on what they find convenient. Yep. And I think... Our goal, Merco, everyone here is to evolve with these new use cases, these new scenarios, the new reality of what retail is and and where that takes place. And I think that's, you know, fundamentally what's going to set different retailers apart from other ones.
2: Providing options, isn't it, to your point, yeah. Jonathan? You know, if somebody wants a quick question on, you know, price, availability, delivery, you don't need a video call for that. A quick chat is is perfectly adequate. And, and it, you know, some people, as you say, may... May like a video, but then think, you know what? If I if I'm going to buy this, I want to go and see it physically. I want to talk to somebody. So it's all or kind it might of be all or above, right. And
0: that's yeah, exactly a, and exactly no, yeah
2: no,
1: yeah.
0: No consumer journey is is going to be the exact same every time anymore. Yeah. And I think that's yeah. that's what's changed
2: yeah i
1: agree yeah jonathan you know you said it a little earlier that it isn't just about having all of these different channels available but whatever channel you as the consumer decide to go down that experience should be the same no matter which avenue you choose it shouldn't be like well i want to just use this route instead of that because this route's better it should be more like hey we have all of these great options available what is most comfortable to you you're going to get the same experience no matter what you choose,
0: exactly, because when you're when you're shopping with a brand, and effectively, you know, we say retailer, but with a brand, you see them as one, you know, regardless of where your where your touch point is, and so you need to kind of give that same level of impression at all those touch points.
1: All right, uh, well, we're wrapping up on this episode, but what advice do you have for retailers as we shift into this post pandemic world?
2: I guess my, my advice uh, would be don't rule anything out. D- don't just think the doors have been thrown open and all the customers will become flooding back and it will be how it was pre-pandemic because it simply won't. I think the world has changed forever and I think everybody should learn the lessons of be ready. Be ready for anything mm-hmm. and adapt to the new world.
0: I would say for for retailers, more traditional ones specifically is find ways to align with your shareholders and your stakeholders so that you can stop sacrificing long-term success for short-term survival, right? Mm -hmm. If you look at an Amazon or a Farfetch or any of these newer generation platforms, their big ambitions and investment announcements are met with higher stock prices, with, oh, they're visionary, it's great, they're gonna reinvest in the business, they're gonna take it to the next level. Whereas for traditional retailers, it's cost cutting, what's your like for like, how did you do next month next? And I think it puts a lot of pressure on the executives at those retailers to, to not um, rock the boat too much. And yeah. I think it's, it's creating that alignment so that you create a healthy ecosystem for investment and longer term focus.
3: Yeah, and I, th- I think for us, we, we really feel that retailers need to meet their audience where they're consuming content and then make those experiences frictionless. And then also uh, really think about creating value to get the shoppers back into the stores. As we mentioned about the experiences and building experience hubs, there is a great opportunity for retail brands to build those experiences for when we do start going back into the store. And so we really believe that that should be what they're they're
1: focusing on. Great stuff. Big thanks to my guest today, Jonathan Hormans, head of growth for Mirko. Roger Sauerbutts, Global Vice President of Sales and Marketing for Go In Store, and Graham Greenwood, VP of Product at Journey. Jonathan, Roger, and Graham, if folks want to learn more about the solutions and offerings at Merco, Go In Store, and Journey, where should they go for more additional information?
2: Uh, Well, our website, www.goinstore.com. Yeah,
0: just add a .com to our Merco and (laughs)
2: <laughs> and you're
3: there <laughs> same for journey
0: or you know c- connect with me on linkedin i'm always happy to have as you can hear a conversation so um same here where, wherever our customers are i am there basically all the channels
1: yeah i mean you know you, you guys have been fantastic i've, I've definitely uh, enjoyed myself today so uh, jonathan roger and graham thanks again for your time it's been a real pleasure
2: thanks james thanks james thanks guys thanks everybody
0: roger and graham thanks so much
2: cheers guys cheers
0: bye
1: and thank you for tuning into this episode of experience evolution brought to you by journey if you like what you heard please hit the subscribe button on apple Podcasts or spotify and that way you'll have access to all future episodes and past episodes as well we'll be back with more great content shortly but until then i'm your host james kent let's talk again soon